time for Tour La Strand again on the final whistle. But is this Tour La Strand's time? Connacht Club final week. Captain Gary Gohan and Moy Collins jet setter Peter Cook will give us an insight into both finalists on the eve of the biggest club game in their respective careers. Another Swedish signing at the showgrounds as Shane Blaney, Shamey Kyo and Lewis Banks depart Sligar Rovers. We'll get a squad assembly update from manager John Russell and it looks like Finn Harps have got their man. Dave Rogers appears to be Bally Buffet bound to become their new gaffer. And if you're asking Dave who, he's got Nottingham Forest and Liverpool Academy credentials. We'll fill you in a bit later. Welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan. Here are the contact details. It's 083 3500 530 by text or WhatsApp. The email address, sport at oceanfm.ie. And you can find us on Twitter at OceanFM Sport. We'll keep an eye on the World Cup games for you as well. It remains Costa Rica nil, Germany won. And it remains Spain 1, Japan nil as things stand, Spain and Germany heading for the knockout stages. Also coming up, Sligo Rovers' Aoife Brennan on her Goal of the Season Award for 2022 in the SSE Eritricity Women's National League. And if we've time, we time, we'll blow out a few candles with Brian McAniff as he celebrates a landmark birthday today. But first... As they raise it off the OB Hunt Cup. Here's Liam Gohan. Could this be the lead score? In and over the bar. Liam Gohan. Torna Strand. Lead. Another massive day for our club. Absolutely buzzing. Uh, this is why we do it. He plays a superb pass over the top to Kenny Gaffney. And it's through to Carl Henry. Is a goal chance? Goal for Torna Strand. Con, that's a superb team goal. The handling leading into that. What a goal. Brilliant. Makes the foot pass and the foot pass inside. The hand pass back by Gabigan. You have to dream like it's... This is what all our, our club want to do is, is win is win a Connacht title. Like it has to be done before our club. So like, this, 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 I suppose there's pressure on us, but again, like we, we can't... We can't take any notion of that because, like, if we do, the game's going to be gone, and like, it's 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 not going to work out well for us. The goalkeeper Reapers coming out, gets his fist to it, breaking ball, and it's won by Knockmore. And was that Torna Strand's last chance? It was, and the referee blows the full-time whistle. Because you've won that many within your county, there's an expectation. But you have to look at, you know, obviously, every stage you move up, the standards rising. But what I'd say is that it's not true. It's not due to lack of work or ambition. You know, these lads want to be successful. They, that's why they dug that game out, because they have regrets over last year. Yeah, the voice of Turla Strand manager this year, Fergal O'Donnell. 40 years after their last appearance in a Connacht Club final and 14 years after a Sligo Club's last appeared in one this Sunday's Connacht Club senior decider in Salt Hill will have some Sligo style in it Gary Gohan will captain Torla Strand who reached the provincial final after completing that seven in a row of senior county titles in the Yates County five of them you'll know came under Jerry McGowan and Eamon O'Hara title number six was masterminded by an Eastern Harps man 
Kevin Johnston. And this year, Torla Strand looked just over the county border to Roscommon, where Fergie MacDonald has come in and kept the momentum going. But Sunday, everyone around Eclair, Banada and Torla Strand will tell you is the big one. Here is the Torla Strand captain, Gary Gohan, in conversation this week with Ushing Langan. If you look around our community, like there's flags out and everyone's talking about it and I suppose a lot of people are talking about 1982 and what happened back then and the last uh, Clan Gale. I suppose the same with, with Fergal when he's coming around the place he'd just be reminding us about it a lot. Yeah, Fergal O'Tonnell is your manager. Of course, people will know him from his exploits with the Roscommon minor team and the Roscommon seniors. He won a Connacht with the seniors and he won an All-Ireland with the minors and, and created one of the greatest pieces of commentary uh, ever. Um, talk to me about Tour de Strand. What's it, what's it like as a place? Is it is it a village? Is it a town? What, what, what's the actual place like? Uh, it's, a, it's a small village. Like There's there's not much in it. Now there's a, a shop, uh, two two pubs, and there's a, we have another village then, a Tour de Strand village and a Clare village. So between the two of them, two small villages that make up Tour de Strand. And is it football obsessed? Is it the only show in town? Um, well, we're, we are a dual club and we have ladies football there too, but at the moment, yeah, it is, it's all, it's all going on the football front and I suppose with the ladies too, they're, they do perform well and then it's, we're, we're going like we're seven in a row. So we're, we're going around a long time. There's a great buzz around the place. When you started on the seven in a row run, did you think you'd dominate for that long? And, 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 and the second part of that question is how have you managed to dominate for that long? I suppose like when Eamon and Jerry were playing, like we, I think we won every second year when I when I started off, like 2007, 9, 11, 13. So like when when Eamon and Jerry came on board, like it was their. I remember their first meeting over in Banada in the local the local hall, and the, all all they were on about is when we win one, we're going to win, we're going to keep winning, and that's the standards they really brought in. And I suppose like even the training. It was up a level, and then I suppose when they finished up after five, Kevin Johnson came in, a really good coach. I suppose from um, work, he works a lot with Galway, and just he brought it on a, another level there last year. And I suppose when Fergal came in as well, he's 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 a lot of county senior experience too, and he has the know-how to to win games. And I suppose that's what that's what really drove us on this year. There's younger lads coming into the team each year, like. And, I suppose when you're when you're winning, it's easier to keep la- the older lads on, and you know the those sore legs and the, the sore arms aren't, aren't aren't there. Come Tuesday training, like everyone's out trying to improve. Like no one wants to miss a session. I suppose when you have 30, 35 lads all wanting to be on the team and everyone pushing, I suppose that that's what really brings up standards and training. And anyone slacking off is is, is known about it. And as a team, you've evolved. That means that individuals in that team have had to move around as well. You're one of those. You would have started as a wing back, and now you're in corner forward. Was that an eventual move? Did you go from wing back to midfield, half forward, then corner forward, or or did it happen that at one stage you said, right, okay, my legs aren't what they were. I'm more mature. I won't say older. I'm more mature now, and uh, I would be better used in the forwards. How did that work? I suppose, yeah, underage, I was. I had, the, I had the bit of speed, so I I was out, out in the backs, and then um, we must be shorter player or something like, and they stuck me forwards, and I've been there ever since. But I suppose I do move around, a bit of a utility player, or 
stick me in anywhere, I suppose, to fill a gap. Uh, well, and you're being very modest about it, but they won't do that unless you can actually play in the positions that you're being put onto. So is is that something you enjoy? And on the field, is that a decision you can make yourself if you see, right, we need maybe a third midfielder or we need a lad to drop in the back? Can you make that decision or or how does it work? Uh, well, I suppose there's a lot of experience built up now over the years. I can, you know, you can't really let the game go by. Like if, if you let the game go by and you're in the corner forward and the lone ball coming in, then you're, you're wasted in there. You're, You've you've let the team down. I suppose you let the management down as well. Because if if they expect you to be in corner forward and the ball is coming in, they they'll want you on the ball and and to make things happen. What has Fergal O'Donnell brought to this team? Um, I suppose he's a lot of experience, and I suppose when he came in first, he all he was on about is, is standards, standards, and. I suppose when he when he came in, like that's that's the one thing he would kept pushing, and I think players responded to it. I suppose some some people were slow to respond to it, but others were, were really quick to pick up what what he wanted. And okay, he just wants he just loves football. Like he just he just wants the best for the group he's coaching, and he doesn't he doesn't doesn't matter what team he's coaching, but and the, the lads he's brought in with him, like it, they're just they're just mad for his improving each player at each session or each game. Was there an instant respect because of what he had achieved with Roscommon winning the All-Ireland minor title and with um, Roscommon winning a Connacht title? And he, he's probably done a lot more stuff as well, but but those are the kind of the headline achievements. Oh, yeah. You, you definitely have massive respect. Like when when you're getting a manager in, when a club go after a manager with that experience like, and he, he wants to come to us, like I suppose... There wouldn't be many managers that might might want to take us on because, you know, we're, we could we could lose any time. Like, but he he really came in and I, he said we're not going to lose and under my watch. So like I suppose with the experience he has and the know how, like he just had to trust him and it, it came through in the county final. You mentioned it there. This is your first AIB club championship provincial final since 1982. Have you grown up hearing stories of that? 82 team and again you'll have to pardon my ignorance here have you any connection to them friends relatives that would have played on it and all that I, I know a lot of them like there's a lot of them around the club doing different jobs within our club like there's Paddy Henry Michael Henry Stephen Henry they have sons sons on the team this weekend and there's Matty Brennan Grace Liga player and I suppose they'll be all there come Sunday and they'll be wishing us well like they tried so hard that year and like Apparently it was blizzard, blizzard conditions like so. Um, we played we played actually against Fergus team Clan Gale and he he just be reminded them all the time about us. So yeah. I suppose all they want to do is for us to win and like they just tell us great stories about that time back then. Yeah, and that was a great Clan Gale team. So there's no shame in losing to them. And of course they had, they had their own issues. Unfortunately, they weren't quite able to get over the line in the All Ireland final. But but what a team they were. Uh, Pierce Stadium is the venue. A twelve forty five start. Uh, against Moy Cullen, I, uh, w- w- what do you know about them, or do you nearly kind of ignore the opposition, if if that makes any sense whatsoever? Do you just um, concentrate on yourselves? Well, yeah, we have to concentrate on ourselves, but you also you also have to know what what they're going to bring to the table, and, and look, they've they've a lot of very good players. We've we've seen plenty of their games now, so um, we we bring our game to the table, and then hopefully they'll have to look after us, but. At the end of the day, like 
they are top quality players, but hopefully hopefully the, the occasion doesn't get to us and we can push on. Have you allowed yourself to dream and imagine what it would be like to win an AIB Connacht Club senior football championship title? Oh yeah, you have to dream. Like it's this is what all our, our club want to do is, is win is win a Connacht title. Like it hasn't been done before in our club. So like this 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 I suppose there's pressure on us, but again, like we we can't we can't take any notion of that because like if we do the game's gonna be gone and like it's 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 not gonna work out well for us. And you know yourself because Mike Cullen won in Galway and they beat Westport along the way and they did a good win against Strokestown as well who pushed them all the way. They, they will probably be seen as favourites. Now that's not them saying that, that's me saying that yeah. about them just to be clear. Are you seeing yourselves as as underdogs? Are you kind of trying to play that card or, or, or what way does it work? Or does a, a seven time in a row county championship team have any justification to call themselves underdogs in any match? How How is it working? Uh, I suppose, look, it's it's if you look at it, Sligo against Galway, where Sligo is definitely always going to be underdogs going into the game. It doesn't matter what what it is. Um, but look, we've we've plenty of experience. Like, but if we have to use it on the day, like we know, Mike Cullen, like have come through a tough Galway championship. They've come through Westport and Strokestown, and I suppose they're just they're just look probably looking forward to it just as much as us because both of us are looking for our first Connacht title. Are you trying to keep the preparation the same, or is it different because it's such a big game? Um, you you'd have to you have to try and keep it the same. Like after you have your your own rituals, I suppose, and um, you have to try and keep it the same and treat it as just another game. I know there's a big the big prize at the end of it, but it's all about trying to calm yourself down, and I suppose then once the game comes, then you're ready to go. What are your rituals? Um, I have uh, scrambled egg and beans. I have to have that before the game. That, that's about the the height of it. Like it doesn't really get much better than that. <laughs> it's not the oddest ritual I've ever heard. And that's, no, that's your pre-match no. meal. That's it. Yeah. Okay. I it works and it doesn't work. Like it's it's just you have to eat it or something will happen. Yeah. And and would it be the full tin of beans and how many eggs? I'm curious. Oh, I just managed a two now and I'd have half a tin of beans. Half a the tin brothers of beans. The brothers would have the other bit. <laughs> and and that's it. Family. it yeah, it, and, and, and it is a family affair, these games. It's not it's not just you obviously involved in the team, but it, it, how important is that? How good is that? Oh, it's great. Like we, I suppose I have two brothers on the team and there's, there's other lads with brothers on the team. Like it's, it's just cousins, there's every sort of thing going on like it's that's that's what you get with club football you don't get that with anyone else county for a club like it's it's all about your friends you grow up with like it's that's what you do for I suppose me and the brothers we try and have the the same meal together I suppose Liam has has moved out to another house now so he he just be looked after by the other players but any um I suppose then look everyone has has their own thing to do and um, then, like, win together, lose together. We all we always stick together. Like it's same thing when we go out. We always stick together. And how important is that knowing 
that regardless of results, be, and it sounds like this is applied equally to life as it is football, that your family and your club are there for you. Oh, it's great. Like it's, you know, like when we come off the field in character the last day and the all wait for us in, in the pouring rain, like, and clapped us off. Like it was, it was great. Like it was people that wouldn't really have any connection with, with you personally. Like it was just one big club. Like it was, it was great. And then look, when you go back to the, the pubs or whatever after you win a county title like it's great and and they're so proud of you like it's it's unbelievable what what they actually what they actually think of you Tour Australian captain Gary Gohan in conversation with Oshin Langan ahead of Sunday's final and a reminder that the match will be live in full here on Ocean FM this Sunday earlier throw in time 12:45 We'll be on the air from half past midday with commentary from Ray Lannan and former Torla Strand and Sligo footballer David Durkin. Well, what of their opponents this weekend? Moy Cullen have won just two Galway senior football titles in their history. The first was two years ago in 2020 and the second was this year. They knocked out the mighty Cara Finn en route. Midfielder Peter Cook has been commuting over and back from the United States during this championship run because of work commitments. We've never been here before, so it's kind of entering into the land of the unknown, uh, so to speak. Um, but we're we're really looking forward to it. Uh, we've enjoyed kind of the runs so far. It's really kind of shortened up the winter. It's funny, like, uh, we'll play this game on the first weekend in December. Um, and it's just unbelievable how quick it's gone, especially from, say, the county final in Galway to uh, playing the Connacht final. Um, so listen, no, we're enjoying the journey and long may it continue. You know yourself at this time of year, fans will watch teams that they haven't seen all year because there's just so much going on. You couldn't possibly follow every club championship week to week in detail. You can't watch every team play. I've tried. It's very, very difficult. Um, so for those who haven't seen a whole pile of Moy Cullen, uh, talk to us about your season so far. Yeah, we've had a we've had kind of an up and down season, I suppose. Um, we've played some really really good games. Uh, we've played a lot of good teams in Galway. Uh, I think the Galway Championship this year was kind of one of the most um, competitive I've seen it in the last five or six years. Uh, so a lot of a lot of good teams. Uh, we did the the groups of three. That's kind of the format that they do at the moment. So um, we finished top of our group. We we had some tough games against Tum and Currafin. Uh, we then came through a co- tough quarterfinal against Clare Galway. We played uh, Mount Bellew in a semi-final, uh, who were reigning champions. Um, had a great win against them, and then just kind of fell over the line in the county final against Salt Hill, uh, which was more relief than enjoyment, uh, I suppose to say. Uh, and then we've kind of had a good game in Connacht, and we've had a bad game in Connacht. We played really gal- well against Westport in our first day out uh, up in McHale Park, uh, and then we were we needed extra time to get over Strokestown from Roscommon uh, last weekend so it's it's kind of been up and down uh, it's it's a similar trend to to a lot of seasons that we've had over the past few years so we're just trying to find that level of consistency as we go The games that you just about got through that county final in which you played a big part uh, the game against Strokestown what did you take from from those matches because those are the ones that you really learned from those close ones It's probably that understanding that um we we can if if we're not at it we can, we can be beaten um by anyone uh, if we're if we're not tuned in and if we're just not at the pitch of the game especially early on uh, I think there's kind of a similar trend to those games where we where we've nearly been beaten it's kind of a poor start to the poor start to those games kind of regrouping at halftime and then going again but I suppose it does reveal character that, that we definitely have I don't think anyone could question us on that so uh, it's just about 
as I say, kind of finding that level of consistency. You've had recent success. You won in 2020. Unfortunately, there was no provincial championship because of COVID and all that. So this year, it must feel like you've really won the county, if that makes sense. Because firstly, you get to celebrate it properly, which you couldn't do in 2020. And secondly, you've got to go on this run in Connacht all the way to the final. And that must be special because I would imagine there was a great deal of frustration not being allowed to test yourself like that in 2020. Yeah, definitely. It was, I suppose that, that COVID year is just so, um, just seems so weird now looking, looking back on it. Um, so it's great to get the run in. I think it might have helped us as well. You know, our first county title was a, was a huge thing for, for my Cullen in general and for the club. Whereas kind of now this is our second one. So we kind of identified that, listen, we don't want it to stop here. We'd like to go on a run and see where we could take this because we have a good group of players. There's a really good management team. Uh, I think everyone involved in the club from um, kind of kit men to, to chairman and and everyone else is kind of all rowing in behind us doing whatever uh, we need, I suppose, to be successful. So it's uh, no, it's a special time for sure. Torla Strand, they're going to put it up to you, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, massively. So I've watched a good bit of them over the last couple of weeks now since the since the Strokestown game. Um, they... Uh, they will be a tough, tough opponent. Um, they've come through Sligo. Like they probably have the level of consistency that we don't have yet in my Cullen in terms of winning back to back county titles and, and even more than that. So, um, I know that they're gunning for this as well. Um, and it's, it's going to be a real dogfight. I think, especially this time of year, you see the weather, you see the pitches. It's, it's a very different game and, uh, We'll we'll need to be at it to uh, and just hopefully perform to get over the line. What about yourself? This this must all be vindication for the massive sacrifices that well, first of all, any footballer who plays at this level makes, but especially the ones who don't even live in the country for large parts of their career. You were away, but yet somehow you managed to stay in there with Moy Cullen. How difficult was that? What were the challenges? Yeah, it. it uh, I suppose I was away for the for the kind of the earlier part of the year and. I I've I've had a decent run of it at home now. I haven't I haven't left my cullen, I'd say, in, in the last eight weeks, don't mind Ireland. So um I've got a good good stint of training done and everything like that. Um work were good to me in fairness. Uh, and managing managing the two. There's some other lads doing it as well. I know from other clubs, there's even a couple of lads from from our club kind of doing big travel commitments, whether it's driving from Dublin or kind of flying home for for training and games. So it's um it's good. Listen, it's special. It's something you don't want to miss. Definitely, you don't want to miss out on. Uh, and if the opportunity is there to come back and and play and be involved in it, then then uh, I I definitely take it, and I know other people would as well. How did you manage to keep yourself sharp, keep yourself fit when you were away? You were in you were in the states, if I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. I kind of over over in the back to to the states at work. Um, listen, I suppose you could you can only kind of try and mimic what you do do here at home uh, in terms of training, just getting the right sleep, uh, the right food, um, getting over the jet lag and different things like that. So um, I've been lucky now. I've been here for for last, uh, I'd say, two months consistently. So I have a nice routine going. But when you're over and back a good bit, it can it can kind of throw you out of, uh, throw you out of the cycle. So uh, listen, just keeping on top of the, the usual things. And then when you can get to a pitch and get a ball, and, yeah. and they're probably the most important things, yeah. It, it, it's it, it's great discipline you've shown. I imagine there's far more distractions in New York than there is Moy Cullen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, if it, I wouldn't feel bad. Uh, a lot of people would be kind of feeling bad for me or kind of having a level of sympathy, but I, I wouldn't see it that way. I'd have plenty of fun over there as well. Yeah. 
Um, what about this summer? Was was it tough watching Galway get to the All Ireland? I'm sure you were delighted for them and all that, but because you know, you're a Galway man, you know all these ads. But was it tough watching it and and knowing that you potentially could have been part of it? But look, you have to live your life as well. So for that reason, you weren't. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. Like I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. If it wasn't tough, and you'd love to be involved, but I suppose you make the deci- you make those decisions with knowing that you're kind of departing from teams that are good enough to definitely win trophies. I I did it with Mike Cullen. They won the club championship in in 2020. I was away for that um, full year, and then Goy last year. So I suppose you have to make those decisions with those things in mind because if you don't take that into account, I think you can get caught in terms of oh, I actually stepped away from something that I really want to be involved in or that I'm going to miss more so than the opportunity that I'm taking to to work elsewhere or live elsewhere. So I suppose I kind of, I had made peace with the fact that, listen, if you make this decision, you could, you can miss out on something here. And I was, I was totally okay with that, you know. And have you made a decision about next season and Galway yet? Or is it a case of you're concentrating on what you're doing with Moy Cullen and you will cross that bridge when you come to it? No, exactly, exactly. I'm in pajamas and a polo shirt at the moment, so I don't, uh, I don't exactly have a plan for for today. Don't mind, uh, don't mind next year. So I'll definitely have uh, sit down and think about it in time. But really, just enjoying the Michael and thing and uh, focusing on this game against Torna Strand, and hopefully we can uh, we can get the job done. And just before I let you go, what are you like in the lead into big games? Are you very much relaxed? Are you nervous? Do you watch movies to distract yourself? Do you think about nothing but the game? What are you like? Uh, I'm not. I'm not great. Um, I'd say my family would say I'm somewhat of a tyrant. Um, I definitely the the 48 hours before a game, I'm, I wouldn't be uh, overly engaging in, in conversation with family or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's funny le- leading up. I was talking about someone. I was talking about this to someone the last day leading up to the county final. Um, it was more the relief of winning than the than the enjoyment to winning, uh, or the relief of not losing. Um, so you try and convince yourself that listen, it's just a game and it's it's club football and different bits and pieces like that. But it's it's a waste of time. I'm always I'm always heavily wound up. So I know Friday Saturday I won't be uh, I won't be the best of conversation. Moy Cullen midfielder Peter Cook chatting with Oshing Langan ahead of this Sunday's Connor Club Senior Football Final, which you can hear live and uninterrupted here on Ocean FM from lunchtime on Sunday. It's an early start. We're on the air at half past midday for the 12.45 throw-in. And that game is live and full here on Ocean. And you can also watch it live. It's been televised live by TG Cahar. Right, there are about nine minutes to go in the two World Cup Group E games tonight. And the scores at the moment, Japan 2, Spain 1, and it's Costa Rica 2, Germany 2. Uh, Germany were behind a few moments ago at 2-1 and at that point the uh, virtual league table has Japan and Costa Rica qualifying from Group E and Spain and Germany would be knocked out. Now that equaliser for Germany has moved Spain back up into second place so as things stand Japan and Spain are going through and Germany are going out unless they can find a winner in the remaining eight and a half minutes Uh, that they have against Costa Rica. It's 2-2 in that game. And the other group match, Japan, who were behind, uh, lead Spain 2-1. So Spain are going through so long as Germany don't lose. If Germany fall behind again, then Spain would miss out as well, incredibly. But 
We'll uh, keep you posted on that with seven minutes or thereabouts of normal time remaining, plus the uh, lengthy stoppage time, no doubt, at both venues as well. Finn Harpster are set to announce Dave Rogers as the club's new manager tomorrow. He will be joining from Nottingham Forest Football Club where he has worked with the academy there and has managed Forest's under-21 side. He previously worked as manager of the International Academy at Liverpool Football Club. But all the indications are that Harps will announce Dave Rogers as the club's new manager. Uh, We expect tomorrow. More on that anon. The transfer activity to and from the showgrounds, meanwhile, has cranked up a gear this week. Sligo Rovers manager John Russell confirmed at Wednesday night's Fans Forum in the Clayton Hotel that Shane Blaney, Lewis Banks and Shami Kyo are among those leaving the club. Blaney's been signed by SPL side Motherwell, who were clearly impressed by the Letterkenny man's European performances against them in the Conference League during the summer. They've been tracking him ever since. Banks and Kyo are moving on as well. We'll have more on that in just a moment. But first, here's the manager on the new arrival to the showgrounds this week. The club has signed midfielder Lucas Browning, who was born in Drogheda, but moved to Sweden with his family when he was two years of age. And that's where he's played most of his football to date. He's come in from the Swedish second tier, the Super Etten. Been tracking Lucas uh, for a number of months. Uh, I actually tried to bring him in in the window in July. Uh, it probably uh, took me a few months to convince him and his agent that Sligo was the next club for him and the next project and I'm excited that we've got him over the line he's a dynamic midfielder really good passing range uh, he's big physical boy six or six foot um, you know aggressive wins the ball back um, he's ambitious he's a really good age he's 23 going on 24 and he sees Sligo as a as a really good opportunity to to play in a top league in, in Europe and, and try and bring success to the club. How many more players do you think he'll need this season? Yeah, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes at the moment. Um, we're talking to a couple of players that were with us this season. Um, a good few players have, have left. As obviously, the fans have seen some have gone to their clubs on, on multi-year deals. The, the wages are going up across the league, so it's getting harder and harder to compete with the, the bigger clubs. So we have to be creative and um, look outside the league and you know, I've done my homework on a lot of these players and I'm uh, in touch with players and you're trying to sell the, the project in Sligo and, and what we're trying to do and, and develop young players and we sold a lot in the last year. A lot, three or four players have been sold to the SPL and, and League One. So that is a selling point for us when we're attracting these players that you can come to Sligo and, and use Sligo as a, as a platform to go possibly to another level. Um, so I'm looking to, to bring in probably another four or five players uh, before January um, ideally have them start a pre-season but knowing the loans market and stuff some clubs might wait till the start first week second week in January before you see players come in um, so we'll wait and see You've confirmed two local players are leaving the club Donegal Shane Blaney and Sligo's Shane McHugh Yeah Shane Blaney's um, been offered a fabulous deal with, with Motherwell um, I suppose the, the European trip was a bit of a blessing and a curse you know it was a spotlight um, for all the players and you know, he did really well during that campaign and I would have loved to have kept Shane. He's a he's a real leader in our group and a, a great guy and, and I think he really enjoyed his time at Sligo and as I said, we've given him that platform and, and he's he's produced the goods and um, we wish him all the best. Um, he Like the same with Ed, John, Man, Johnny Kenny, you know, we want him to do well and, and we follow their careers now. Um, in regards to, to Seamus Kyo, 
you know, a player who's come through the academy, went, went to Southampton. He's had a lot of setbacks over the last kind of 18 months, hasn't played a huge amount of football and had a conversation with him towards the end of the season. And, and Seamus is one where he got injured and, you know, really wanted to try and get him in and get him game time. Um, but it's just the way football goes sometimes. And I felt coming into next season, I couldn't really promise him uh, that opportunity to be playing week in, week out. And, you know, I could sign Seamus and he's on the bench again he's getting 10 minutes here 15 minutes here I feel for his development right now to be fair to, to, to the kid he needs to play and I feel if he goes and plays 20-30 games with, with another team next season and gets his confidence back and gets um, gets the headlines that we can look at it again and, and, and revisit it and hopefully we, we might see him back at the showgrounds another time In terms of the market you're looking at for attracting and finding new players you've highlighted Scandinavia as the place you've already brought in players as you, as you said from there how are you finding that process and what has prompted you to devote so much time to looking overseas yeah I've probably spent the last number of years building up a a database and and a network um, and targeting the the Scandinavian region and and the Baltic region because I feel the players it's English speaking their, their mentality is very good um, the the level and the leagues that they're playing in are either equal or, or superior to, to our level and again you're looking at wages so there's no point tracking players and you get down to hours of, of watching them talking to the player talking to the agent doing Zoom presentations and then they turn around and they want three grand a week so you, you need to know the level of, of the wage in um, the leagues that you're tracking and monitoring and for me the days of agents sending you clips it still goes on but you know send you the best bits five minutes and you know if it looks like uh, messy but ultimately he comes in and he's not uh, so you have to be clever and, and, and watch the, their games you need to speak to people around their character and I'm, I'd be big on that I want good people coming into the building that are going to drive standards that are ambitious and they want to try and take the club to another level and you gave a lot of detail tonight at the fans forum to where you want to take this club and how you want to get there right through to the long term vision you have for this club which is playing group stage football in a European club competition yeah I'm very ambitious and I think you have to dream big and you know you have to have a purpose and you wake up every morning of why you're doing what you're doing and for me that's got to be the goal you know we look at the Irish clubs Shamrock Rovers this year they got to the group stages of the Europa Conference League Dundalk have got the two group stages in the Europa League um, so Irish clubs now are, are, are starting to believe and that they can achieve those kind of things and you know, we had the taste of it during the summer. We got to the third qualifying round. We created history. We won four games out of six in Europe. The buzz around the place, the the stadium full. You know, that's what you want, and you want to strive towards that, and you have to be working towards that. And, and that's what I want for for the this team, for the players, for the club, the staff. I want us to try and work and, and, and work towards that. Can we achieve it? It'll take time, but you have to you have to dream big. One final manager's question. When you see Stephen Bradley with his war chest at Tallis Stadium, Rory Higgins with his war chest at the Brandywell, how can Sligo Rovers and John Russell possibly keep up with that? Yeah, that's the challenge. Uh, and I do love a challenge. And I don't want to just sit here and, and be thinking, yeah, look, we can't compete and just give up. You know, I believe if you've got a vision and you've got a strategy and a clear game model and how you want the team to play in the four moments and, and you train at, a, at an intensity that the players know and, and, and believe in and they're coordinated and you have that togetherness, you see it across the, the world, you know, there's been upsets uh, in major tournaments, in leagues, you know, who would have thought Leicester would win a Premier League title with all the players they had, but it can be done. And I feel with the staff that we've assembled, the players that I'm trying to bring to the club, it's going to take time, there's no doubt about it. But you see when 
teams and managers are given time. You mentioned Stephen Bradley. You know they probably wanted him out of the club after two years, and they stuck with him because he had a plan. They had a plan as a club, and six years later they're in the group stages. So even across the water, Arteta at Arsenal. Um, you know he's into his third year now, I think, and he's flying high in the top of the league. Where first year or two it was a bit ropey, but he needed to get players in and, and implement his style of play. So I I feel that I've got the the knowledge and the skill set to to take this club to another level and time will tell Sligo Rovers men's manager John Russell speaking at the Rovers fans forum in the Clayton Hotel on Wednesday night and more signings expected and more discussions with existing squad members to check whether they're staying or going to come as well well it was a special seven days for Sligo Rovers women's striker Aoife Brennan, she collected the Goal of the Season Award at the SSE Electricity Women's National League Awards last weekend for her free quick against Treaty United in the league at the showgrounds back in April. Well, I had actually been notified before the award that I had won it, but uh, it was a surprise that it was even nominated for the award. So I was away in Dubai when all it happened. I only came home last Thursday. Um, so it was a voting on Twitter. So there was eight of us up, but uh, it was a surprise I won it, yeah, when, when I got the email to say I had won it, I was definitely shocked. Well, Sligo Rovers fans certainly remember the goal from the Treaty United game last April. It was a pretty special moment, but it must be nice to get a, an accolade like this. Yeah, it was very, it was very uh, special to win it. Like, um, they, yeah, the goals, I scored two of them in the same, same day and... Uh, the second one that got nominated it was a surpri- yeah it was a surprise to um, score two free kicks on the one day so um, it was nice to get nominated for goal of the season and then to win it was just cherry on top I suppose yeah sure you have women's national league experience from before with Castlebar Celtic and Galway when you were playing with those clubs were free kicks your thing then no definitely not I don't know if I've ever taken a free kick in the national no I don't think I took one for Galway I'm definitely not with Celtic um, so yeah well the day against Treaty we actually got a few free kicks and there, and anyone on the team could take one I know Emma Doherty took one she got close um, if Emma Hansbury was on the pitch I probably wouldn't have even got to take them but uh, I think she was probably she was out with an injury at the time so um, I remember Katie just winning one of the free kicks and then I was like sure I'll give it a go and when I seen the wall in front of me, I was like, not, not really going to get it over them. They have some really tall players at Treaty. So just went the other side. I was lucky it just snuck in the top corner. So so then when the second one came around. Well, I was just going to say, how do you decide at the Rovers training session who'll take the free kicks? Is that Steve Feeney's call? Or do you agree amongst yourselves? No, for free kicks for like in shooting positions, it's kind of whoever feels in the moment they... It's not really picked, like, obviously if Emma Hansbury's on the pitch, like, she's she scored a, a class free kick against Bowes and she's probably our best, technically, like, for corners or free kicks, if she's on the pitch, she usually takes them. But if somebody wins a free kick and they feel like they want to take it, like, like Sarah, Sarah Kieran is another one that's came close with a few free kicks and Emma Doherty. So it's kind of on the day whoever wants to take it. Sure. How do you look back on this first season with Sligo Rovers, Aoife? Um, it was definitely up and down for us, but uh, I think we sh- definitely shocked a lot of people at the beginning of the season. I know there was um, people predicting the table and 
there was one I know we were predicted to come bottom and every everyone predicted us to come bottom. So, um, like, we got some massive results against, like, Shells and Wexford, but we definitely know ourselves the end of the season didn't go the way we wanted to. We dropped a lot of points where we were in winning positions. And, yeah, so it was definitely... A lot, a lot of players have, have never played in Women's National League, so it was a good opening season and I think we made a good account of ourselves. So everyone's looking forward to next season to push on. On a personal level, would you have liked more game time? Um, yeah, I w- of course I'd have liked more game time. Like, um, I, I got hit with COVID in the middle of the season and that pushed me back a bit and just niggly injuries. But um, no, I was happy. I definitely got enough game time to prove myself so um, hopefully next season if I'm back I'll just hopefully get on the pitch a bit more Sure well you certainly proved that this season with, with your displays particularly in the first half of the season and of course you, you were a talented Gaelic footballer I remember you from your Karna Khan days a team that broke lots of new ground in women's Gaelic football is it nice to be able to devote meaningful time to soccer again? Yeah, it is. Um, I still played Gaelic this year, but I just I focused on soccer at the beginning. And, and um, yeah, it was nice just for a change because the last few years it's literally been Gaelic for 11 months of the year because we've been doing so well. Um, but I did miss playing like National League. And when Steve rang me last Christmas about it, I was it didn't take much convincing. I wanted to give soccer another go. Um, but then obviously when Championship came around, it was... It was difficult to keep the two going, but um, yeah, managed to keep going anyways. And when you get to pre-season, if there's any discussion over who'll take the free kicks, you'll be able to say to Emma Hansbury or Emma Doherty, you're okay, girls, you're talking to the goal of the season award winner here, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll just bring the award and just leave it in the dugout out every training. So if they, if they start arguing with me, I'll be like, just leave it to me. Aoife Brennan of Sligo Rovers on her goal of the season award win last weekend. To finish, it's a happy birthday today to Donegal's first All-Ireland winning manager, Brian McAniff, who's 80 years young today. Here's how he feels about reaching that milestone. I've had a a good full life. I've enjoyed my life. And uh, to say that I'm not overly fond of being 80, but at the same time, it's, it's just a number... I'm no different than I was when I was 79 or 70. The first time I probably felt a bit old was when I came to 75, but that that passed by and I moved on. But I kept so busy in life, it was never a problem for me. In all the years I've known you, one thing has always struck me, you have a razor-sharp memory. You can remember matches, people, meetings, occasions. Did that always come naturally to you? I think it did, but I remember being at my boarding school in Monaghan for a discussion with, with the students there, and there was a psychologist or psychiatrist there, an ex-student speaking, and he was explaining that you're given so many brain cells, and if you drink, you use an awful lot of these brain cells, but every drink you take, and I, that might be one of the reasons, but I had always good power for quality. I kind of had associated everything with maybe things that happen in the business or in football, so I could relate those things to occasions. But, you know, I'm thankful that I have such a good memory. When we think Donegal and think GAA, you know, people will think of various generations. They'll, Michael Murphy might pop into their head or a certain score that a player got, whether it was uh, Anthony Malloy or a Martin McHugh. But most people will probably think 
the name Macaniff. Do you like having that mantle? I don't particularly like carrying that mantle, strange as it seems. Uh, but I, my involvement goes back to playing minor 59, 60, 61, winning a junior championship at Bundorn at 60. Then I lost a couple of years. I went to Canada in 62 and I returned in 65 and won a championship. And then I came home in 66 to run the hotel. My father taking a stroke. So I lost a couple of years because Donegal won Ulster under 21 for the first time and I happened to be in Canada at the time. And I contested an Ulster final for the first time in 63. And again, I was in Canada. And that was disappointing not to be there. So then when I came home, I got into the team. And uh, then in 67, my father, who had the stroke, uh, took me into Pat Britton, the solicitor, and he, he had him set up to tell me that I had to retire from county football because I had responsibilities in the hotel and I had a fairly sizable family for a young man at the time. And I said to my father I would quit. But then he died in February 68 and Donegal were stuck. One day they were going to play in Sligo and Hugh Daly, the county secretary, phoned me. Have boots, will travel. And I went in. My mother, of course, had that strong GA background, so she had never any difficulty with me going back. And from that on, I was totally involved. Brian McAniff on his 80th birthday, still going strong. And you can hear that special interview with Brian on Ocean FM Sport in full this Sunday afternoon at half past three. Germany are out of the World Cup. They've beaten Costa Rica 4-2, but they finished third in the group because Japan have beaten Spain by two goals to one. We're back next week. Same time, same place.